Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Inner Mystic Podcast. Today, I am joined with my friend, Rachel, and she is a mindset and energy coach who activates neurodivergent leaders to claim their power through Akashic Alchemy and Kundalini. And we are going to dive into all what neurodivergent means, if you're like, what does that mean? So it's definitely a term I haven't heard before, so I'm excited to ask Rachel more about it. But yeah, welcome, Rachel, to the Inner Mystic Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And I have to say, Michelle, you have like the best podcast voice ever. I was listening to some of your previous episodes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I could listen to her voice all day. It's so good when you're like just in that flow. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, and I know you just started your own podcast as well, uh, the Cosmic Codes podcast. And how has that been for you? It's been good. So in the past, I actually had two other podcast um, channels, I guess that's what you would call them. I think I started my first one in 2018, and then I completed that one and started a new one in 2019, and then I was like, hmm, we're going to wait, and then I started this one, and it's just so much more like in alignment with where I am now, that's the common sense. And so yeah, I've been really enjoying it. I love listening to podcasts. It's a really big part of my like weekly self-development and tuning into other people and healers and stuff so yeah and have you noticed at all like it being a really healing and activating thing for your throat chakra oh yeah oh yeah and even like I was just telling my partner this yesterday even when I listen to other people's podcasts it's not necessarily like just the information I'm hearing but it's also the energy that we receive that is very activating for me with like coming up with new things to talk about or different thoughts like I almost listen to other people and then branch off of their energy if that makes sense yeah it's like a transmission and I feel like sometimes I'll be listening and then I'll get a download you know so it's so beautiful yeah yeah that's so cool too because I've never like talked to anyone else about that so it's awesome that you kind of are the same way Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's definitely part of my daily routine and my form of inspiration. Yeah. So just kind of as like a fun thing, what is your like big three in astrology? Question. Um, Love that. So I am a Virgo sun, a Leo rising and a Sag moon. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. is strong in me. Yeah, and you guys can't see Rachel right now, but she just dyed her hair and it's like this beautiful red color. And so it's like all this fire coming forward in her in her outward expression. That's such a, I don't know, that just brought a lot of awareness to me too, because I feel like my earth sun kind of takes over sometimes and I try to be very grounded and like introverted, but I have so much fire in me too that it's like, all right, I just can't ignore it anymore. I have to, I have to do my hair and celebrate this inner fire yeah I love that I love how these things can be like a ritual or a form of expression of like bringing the inner outward (laughs) what are your big three I don't know that so I'm a cancer sun and an Aquarius moon and a Scorpio rising (laughs) I knew there was a Scorpio in there I'm like come on yes yeah a lot of people can sense the Scorpio in (laughs) 
mystic power about them that it's like very intriguing but also like hey you know they they're powerful watch it (laughs) yeah well thank you and do you know your human design as well i do i'm a manifesting generator wow so how has that been you know because i know that a lot of people say like manifesting generators have kind of like almost like that scorpio energy where it's like they can be very like off-putting, but also magnetic. Have you noticed that? Yes, and also um, being neurodivergent or ADHD and um, definitely feel like manifesting generators, probably, I was just thinking about this earlier, probably a lot of them are ADHD because Mm -hmm. we definitely have what exactly how you describe it is like some people will take our authenticity as like off-putting, like, well, they're just like, a lot to handle and then there's other people that are like suctioned and magnetized to us because of that um Mm. and also you know manifesting generators how we are constantly like evolving and it's really kind of sometimes hard to keep up with us or as a person it's hard to keep up with myself sometimes um that's also like ADHD thing where my brain's like oh here 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 I have one thought that branches off to like 10 different thoughts yeah. So, yeah. What about you? What are you? I am a projector. <laughs> knew it. I knew it. Yes. So I love that. Projectors are so freaking powerful. Yeah. The thing is, I didn't, you know, before discovering human design, I was just always trying to keep up with the rest of the world. And I'm actually, like, I have a, two motor centers in my in my uh, human design, which pretty much means that I have like more energy than the natural like standard projector, but it also can give me a false sense of like, oh, I can keep going when I'm actually needing to rest and burning out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's important to know, especially as an entrepreneur and like someone who has a business. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you brought up the word neurodivergent. Is that, and I I heard you bring up ADHD with that, is that a different term for the same thing or what is neurodivergent? Yeah, so not necessarily. um, ADHD is like a category under being neurodiverse. So neurodivergence or neurodiversity, I guess is the right way to say it, is just basically that your brain functions in a different way than a neurotypical person. So you have a different way of thinking than the typical person in the world. Mm. Um, And I I find personally that a lot of people who are entrepreneurs or who are going through awakenings, a lot of times they are neurodivergent. I'm not going to say everyone because I don't know that, but the people who are willing to push past their fear and forge a new path typically are people who are neurodivergent because you know most people who see the world one way as a neurotypical person they'll just continue on that path without thinking oh there's a better way to do this yeah and I wonder if they're like people who are considered more neurodivergent if they're more considered like the black sheep too okay yeah like star seeds so there's like this is something that I could geek out about like all day long, but star seeds a lot of times I feel like are also neurodivergent and because we just have that deep sense of like knowing that this isn't all to life, that they're like, this is not all there is to life. There's so much more that 
than what we see in the daily kind of like illusion or whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it makes me wonder too, like when someone has like a spiritual awakening or something spontaneous like that happen, is that being activated within them, that neurodivergence? Yeah, I really believe so personally, um, because it's like you are going with the flow and you're just like, I don't know. I believe that a lot of times in our life, we're operating out of that fight or flight, right? So we're just like in that mindset of doing what everybody else does. And we don't know how to feel our emotions. We're not tapped into our intuition. Then when you go through a spiritual awakening, whatever catapults that, it's like, whoa, the blinders are off. And this is not what life is like or what it's about. And I definitely think that's what happens. It's kind of you transform into a different way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just curious too, because you mentioned that you have ADHD. How has that, how have you learned to work with that in your business? Yeah, that's a really good question. And that's something that's been really hard. Um, well, it's been really hard up until this last year because being a neurodivergent peop- or person, I see the people around me and how they function. And a lot of business mentors or business coaches or money coaches, you know, they're like, well, you just have to be consistent. Like, just be consistent. And typically, people with ADHD, that is, like, the hardest thing for me, to be consistent. Like, I celebrate the really teeny tiny things because what is easy for most people is extremely hard for me. And what is super easy for me, like emotional intelligence and reading people, for neurotypical people, that's like foreign concept. They don't understand that at all. Um, And so as an entrepreneur, what I had to learn this past year and really like diving into my um, being neurodivergent, and I'm also OCD and ADHD. And I say that those are symptoms of being an evolved soul in a human body. I don't like... I don't buy into that there's something wrong with me. I just think it's a part of my human experience. And um, I really had to learn this last year how how I operate and how I function and accept that and create systems in my life to go with that instead of trying to be how everybody else is. So, like, for me, if I set an alarm on my phone at 7 o'clock and I'm like, I'm going to go work out at 7 o'clock, that's not going to happen for me. That's just not who I am. I am not a morning person. So in the past, I've always tried to do that. And then I wake up and I'm already in a mode of defeat as soon as I wake up because I'm not waking up at 7. I set these like unobtainable goals for myself based off of how everybody else operates instead of tapping into myself and then setting up my day. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's an important lesson for everyone to kind of tap into yourself and, you know, be honest with yourself about what you need and what you can be consistent with. And it's okay. Like you're not the type of, you don't have to be the type of person who wakes up at 7am to be successful. Exactly. And for me, like my nine o'clock, I'm good. I, this is also another joke of like ADHD people is that we wake up and we need five hours to do anything before we actually do something. It's like, you need five hours of preparation before you actually start working. And that's so true for me. And I used to beat myself up about it. Like, I wish I could just be like so-and-so. Like, why can't I be that way? Come on, you're lazy. You're a piece of, like, poo. Like, we are so mean to ourselves. And then when I finally 
finally started to be like, girl, who you are is awesome, perfect. Just work your life around that. You can wake up at nine and still go to the gym. It's just as incredible as if someone wakes up at seven. Yeah. And that's that's the thing too with you know, running your own business is that you get to create it in the way that's most supportive to you. Yeah. And we're going to dive more into, you know, being a business owner and a solopreneur. Um, but I, I really just want to ask, like, what got you on this path? Did you grow up with this languaging in your family? Like, was spirituality something that you grew up with or how did this all kind of begin for you? Yeah, um, so I guess I would like to start by saying I think a lot of us um, resonate with the term black sheep, right? Like I've always been very different, um, very odd child, I would say, looking back. And clearly now I know why I was that way. But like as a child with my parents, they were probably just like, what the heck are we supposed to do with this girl? <laughs> And um, so, yeah, I've always been kind of different. I've always kind of believed in magic. I started seeing spirits very young as a child, physically. Um, in my reality, I would connect with them. Um, and it was almost like it's so weird in my family to think about because it was something that everybody knew, but it was not something that was like talked about much. It was just kind of like, oh, that's right, she's weird. You know, like it was never more than that. Um, so that's it. I think that a lot of my journey, I'm really grateful for the way that I was raised. It was very hands off. And there's some things, of course, like which inner, inner child work and stuff that I have to go from that part. But at the same flip of the coin, I have the ability to create my own beliefs. And I never had someone telling me like, well, that's fake. That's not right. Or you didn't see anything. My parents both believe in spirits, and so when I would come to them and say, like, I was communicating with someone or I saw something, I could tell they were afraid of it, but they weren't, like, belittling me because of that, if that makes sense. And so I got, I remember just, like, I was obsessed with charms. I always used to try to turn my light off or shut my door with my mind, like, telepathy. The fact that I didn't have telepathy in this life was just so dumb. And I was like, I remember being so mad about it. And um, I had like my first set of tarot cards when I was 14. So spirituality was something that I kind of turned to a lot in my life as a way of escaping my reality in a sense. Um, and then actually after I graduated high school and, and in high school, I kind of turned that part of me off. That's where I kind of started to dim my light to fit in and be accepted for someone I wasn't. Um, and started kind of being afraid of showing who I was internally and then went to the Air Force and that just got even worse for me there like I definitely you are not an individual a lot of times you're looked at as a collective group and you're supposed to look and dress and talk like everyone around you um, and so I kind of shut that part of me off for a long time and then when my daughter was born oh my gosh it was like the cap that I placed on myself was blown off and just, I always kind of refer to it as the dam was just destroyed and the floodgates opened and I was just like consumed and just had all these messages and experiences and feelings and emotions coming back to me um, that I think I suppressed a lot in my high school days. Wow. Yeah. I hear so much of people like, yeah, having a kid and then all of their gifts come back online 
And does your daughter now, does she experience any like psychic or spirit type things and come to you about it? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, she's honestly like the most intuitive and connected being I've ever met in my life. Sometimes to the point where I do this daily in my life, like this is my job. And sometimes when she comes to me, I'm like a little freaked because the stuff that she knows, I'm like, whoa, this is next level. I think that for me too, when she was born, it was that feeling of unconditional love. Um, that I got to experience in that moment that kind of blasted everything off because, you know, source, I believe, is unconditional love. And, um, yeah, yeah, she is very intuitive. But my husband and I, I mean, this is a this is the way we live our life. Our life is very connected to spirituality and um, embracing who we are. And so he even, you know, he's a neurotypical person who works nine to five, and he lives in the real world, I guess is what he would call it. And um, where people don't believe in magic, you know, I guess. And he's very open, too. And so I think that for us, Steele, that's my daughter's name, she's been able to really step more into her intuition and gifts because we don't shut it down when she comes to us. We actually, like, want to talk to her about that. And we encourage her to experience things for herself and then communicate that with her. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And I remember reading this post the other day and it was like this meme about like speed dating and the person goes, oh, what's the pineal gland? And the other person on the other end of the table is like, oh, what? And then they're like, next. And it made me think of like, hmm, you know, I don't think that that's necessarily the way that we should be approaching relationships in the sense of like my partner, for instance, he's not into any of this stuff stuff, and is very much a part of like the normal life, as as you said, too, about yours. But the thing that keeps us together and the reason why it works is because he doesn't judge it and he's open to it. He may not understand it, but he doesn't judge it. And he's like, hmm, that sounds interesting. Yeah, like he's willing to dive deeper into it with you. Yeah, because he sees how important it is to me and how integrated it is into my life. Yeah, and you know, I'm that person too. Like, my partner comes home and I've been thinking all day and I'm like, you know, there's this meme that he shared on Facebook and I was just dying of laughter because it's so true, but... It was this girl, or this, this meme of this guy, and his head was, like, looking up to the ceiling. Like, you could just tell he was like, oh, gosh. And it said, when I come home from a 12-hour shift and my girl asked me, would you love me if I'm a tree? <laughs> I showed my boyfriend that one, too, and he's like, wait, why is that you? <laughs> I know, same. <laughs> and I think that's just awesome. And also, you know, like, having him not... Having him kind of have his own inner world that's not revolving around mine is very grounding for me. Sometimes I'm like, I want to be in the clouds. Like, I, this human thing is hard. And he really helps to ground me um, in on Earth and also enjoy, like, the things that you can only enjoy on Earth, you know? And 
Yeah, that's, I've noticed that too, because I can be very like ethereal and very like in my higher chakras. And it's something I've learned to really drop down into my lower chakras and embody more. But he is like that grounding force where maybe I'm not looking at something so practically. And then yes. he he gives me the practical insight or advice. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's so simple. Why didn't I think yeah. of that? Exactly. That's so true. I'm the same way. Yeah, that is a beautiful way to describe it. It's like, I guess, definitely making things make more sense in my head practically. Because I don't, you know, again, that's another thing with being neurodivergent. I don't always see how typical people would think about things. And that's also been something in business, too, that's a little difficult for me to navigate. So having him as kind of like that sounding board is so beneficial. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I kind of want to like switch gears here and go more into like the Akashic records. How did you discover the Akasha? Yeah, so I can think all my stories are like these long built up things. Uh, but I started doing readings when I moved to Texas in 2000, early 2017. I started doing just like um, readings for free and just, I went to this retreat and my um, roommate, it was a spiritual retreat and my roommate, her name was Aura. She's like the most magical person alive, I swear. But um, we were talking and I'm like, yeah, I just don't know how to do readings. And she's like, what do you mean? Yeah, I totally get it. Even when it comes to like sharing advice or things, it's like, oh, but everyone knows this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like that emotional intelligence piece where we just assume that everyone has that ability, but not everyone is tapped into it. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so after that retreat, I came back home and I started doing free readings for people and my friends and stuff. And um, I loved it. I loved every just doing like regular readings I was just having them tell me their name and I would write it down and then I would just kind of receive and write everything on a notepad and then give them the information and I had this download come in I didn't even know that's what it was at the time where I was like all right it's time for me to charge for readings and you know most people would probably just like oh I'm gonna do an in-person reading for you know, one person, and that's how we're going to dip our toe in. No, that's not how I roll. I literally signed up. I signed up for a wellness expo in Addison. It's a big, like, health wellness expo that they do twice a year. Signed up for a table. I had to come up with $300 in, like, 24 hours to get this table. Never did a paid reading in my life. Literally just go there, and I'm like, okay, asking my my higher self in my mind, like, okay, what do I do? And I'm like, just set up everything, and when the first person comes down, ask them for their full name and tell them to spell it out for you, and then write it down, and the information will come. And so I was like, 
you know, logically, that didn't make any sense, but I just trusted in that higher knowing, and, um, yeah, so I started doing readings that way, and later, after I went through Kundalini Yoga training, I realized that the whole time that I had been doing readings, I was actually tapping into the Akasha. The full name is a big thing for entering the Akashic field, and then the way that I would receive versus other readings I got, it just didn't feel the same energetically. Um, so yeah, once I was in Kundalini, I had this like, like epiphany of, whoa, girl, like you've been tapping into this the entire time. And then I started doing more work consciously with tapping into the Akashic field and the Akashic records. Mm, yeah. And I'm curious, how do you experience it? Cause I know some people say like, oh, I see it as like a library or, you know, I come to this gate and there's a guardian at the gate and then you know, they bring forward the person that I need to speak to. Like, do you experience it visually or is it just a knowing or a feeling or a combination? Yeah, so it's kind of a combination. Um, there's a couple different ways that I connect. If I'm doing like a group session or I'm doing a workshop online or like when I will tap in for the podcast or my podcast, I go into the Akashic field. And in the Akashic field, it's almost like all of these light beings or spiritual guides or your spiritual entourage are present and then download me with the messages either through visions. I receive very visually. I also, this is something I've never heard of anyone receiving this way, but analogies for me. It gives me a lot of analogies. Sometimes the information that is transmitted it's hard to translate into um, human terms. So analogies kind of give you that feeling of knowing what someone is going through. I also, I receive a lot through emotions and um, yeah, my body. It's a really big combo, but I would say the top two that I, the top two ways that I receive are visual and analogies and like an inner knowingness. And then if I'm doing a record reading for a person one-on-one, I typically go into this like little, I don't even know what it looks like, but it's like a little house structure in my mind's eye. And there are doors lined up on both sides. And depending on the person I'm reading for, they will draw me into a door that I enter and then receive the messages. So yeah, it's really interesting how it kind of comes through in different ways. Yeah. And you bring up analogies and it actually makes me think of Phil Good. Do you know Phil Good? Yeah, I love Phil Good. Yeah. He always has these amazing analogies, you know, and I feel like that's definitely one of his gifts too. And so I'm like, oh, wow, you got that like Phil Good. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think about that. I, I love his videos but yeah, that's that's a way that I receive a lot is through analogies. And I mean, him, I guess he's the only other person I've really heard that from. A lot of books that you read about the Akasha or training, they don't go over that at all. It's kind of more of those um, clairs that they cover. Um, and you know, I'm a big believer with how I teach spirituality and channeling is that you are unique and you're going to receive in a specific way that is connected to your soul. And it might be in really strange ways that no one has ever taught about because you're forging a new path with your unique soul code. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, 
you know, the clairs are kind of like the foundation and then everything else, it allows other gifts to open up and the gifts can be so unique things that we've never even heard of or can put a name on even it's like not stuff that you can find in spiritual books. So it could be hard to think that something that you're experiencing is a gift, but you may not even realize it. Yeah, that's so true. And I, I think so many people too get um, these ideas of like what they read is the total truth. And then they actually limit their gifts or their activation of their gifts um, because they only believe it can be one way. So that's something really important. I think that as our generation of souls come in and we're working on kind of transforming the way that life works on earth, we have to really kind of clear up that narrative and open it up more for people to receive in whatever way they receive. One way too for me that I receive in the Akashic field is, and with my human design actually, is that I have this ability to connect with people's spiritual gifts from Mm. past lives or this lifetime. And so I've had so many people that I have to explain what I'm seeing of this modality coming through that doesn't exist yet because it's their modality. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I had one person who um, was meant to do, like, she was a healer, and she was meant to do her healings kind of out in this, I want to say tent, but but I don't know what it would be called, um, like an outside kind of sanctuary where she has her client come in, there's a bed that they lay on, like a massage table, and there's crystals kind of set up in each corner, but also she uses runes to almost transmit the energy from the ethers through the runes and then to the person. Um, because she has a really deep connection to like ancestral healing gifts and Mother Earth and using the Earth to to receive those ethereal codes. I don't know. I thought that was really cool. I've never seen that before ever. Yeah, and you can't even make this stuff up. It's like so unique, you know? And had has she been kind of like incorporating that into her work now? I don't know. I hope so, but you know, I think that that will happen when it's meant to, but um, yeah, and I also had another person that was supposed to go pick off like, or find pieces of bark, and Hmm. then put in Reiki symbols into the bark, and that was a way that she could use her connection to receive light codes. Wow, that's so cool, yeah. It makes me wonder what what you would see if you tapped into me I'll probably have to like book a little session to see because I'm so curious now yeah it's really cool I mean and I mean I think that people sometimes get confused because they're like well how do I do it and I'm like you're making it too complex you just start doing it like very simple you don't have to have a book or a training on it it's yours like it is your modality so you get to start whenever you feel ready Yeah, to not limit yourself to just Reiki or any of these other like healing modalities, which are also very beautiful, but to know that, you know, you have something guiding you that could be your own modality. It doesn't, there doesn't have to be a name for it, but. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that like Reiki and Reiki attunements or even like Kundalini, going to 
training for that and mediumship, I believe that those are activation pieces to remember your soul truth and your soul truth gifts. Um, it's almost like it's, you know, ding, 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 you just got through level one, now it's time to figure out what level two is, you know, like you get to activate all these different facets of your spiritual truth through those activations and attunements. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely feel that. And um, so I wanted to ask you if you wanted to kind of tap into the Akasha and see if any messages come through at this time for, you know, the listeners. Um, I'm not sure. Do I ask you any questions or do you just kind of flow into it and just straight channel? Yeah, I pretty much just straight channel. That's how I kind of receive is just open it up and let it flow through me. So yeah, I'd love to do that for you guys. Yeah, let me just kind of get tapped in. thing that they're kind of showing me is the Akashic field and they're just kind of taking me through that right now. There's a lot of spiritual beings that are present for the listeners of the Mystic Podcast, the Inner Mystic Podcast, and it's almost like I think that this conversation that we were having previous to tapping into the Akashic field is something that a lot of people need to hear right now is that activation point. Like, it is time to recognize your inner magic and stop putting a cap or a dimming switch on your own ability to connect to your intuition and your soul self and start kind of like gleaming is the word that came through. Start shining. Start um, embodying the parts of you that you may believe are your quote-unquote downfalls and recognize that those are your activation gifts to other people. Those are the things that are going to bring you a lot of clarity but also this is specifically like for um, solopreneurs and entrepreneurs this part the more that you step into owning those parts of you that you may have suppressed a long time ago the easier things will come to you the easier that your business will flow and the abundance will flow and so many people are like well I don't know what my gifts are I don't know what I'm supposed to do and the magical key or the magical code is within those parts of you that you feel you're too scared to show to other people it's like that's your magic those like humorous or goofy or really really deep parts of you that's where the magic lies Mm. what else is coming through oh and it's the 1111 portal today as we're channeling this Keep just kind of showing me 
again, a lot of those light beings coming forward. So taking some time out of your day-to-day life or maybe the hustle and kind of connect to your spiritual team as well as your higher self now more than ever, especially in the month of November. The month of November is like setting up a divine foundation for December and then 2022. And what you do in this month is really going to set you up for success with what is making its way into your life within this next year. If you are wanting to call in a relationship, then it's time to get very clear on your own inner self and self-love and spend some time with yourself. Set up that divine foundation so that when the year comes and this person starts to pop into your life, you're ready for them. You're not scrambling around trying to figure out who you are. You're able to kind of hold steady in your power and allow that relationship to unfold without feeling afraid of being vulnerable or afraid of your past or anything like that. Um, And they just kind of keep showing me that whoever is listening today, this is a really transformational time for you. And how they're kind of showing me this is your aura field is just continuously to expand, 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 going, 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 going. And you have the ability to continue on that expansion and continue that growth period. And even if you have hiccups or moments or roadblocks, that doesn't deter you from the kind of um, whole concept of your expansion that's happening right now. I think it's important that humans understand that all emotions and all ebbs and flows are a part of your experience and they're nothing to feel guilty about as you go through them. It's actually a, a there's actually a beautiful medicine in being in those kind of deeper parts of our emotions and those more intense emotions because it allows us to activate to an entirely new level after we're done allowing them to process through. So that's important to know at this time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they just keep kind of showing me more spiritual guides. I see this really big, tall, tall being um, coming forward and this actually might be one of your guides, Michelle, because I feel like it's, he does not want to leave. Um, <laughs> he's just like, no, I'm here. Okay, but yeah, I think there's a big kind of focal point on connecting to your spiritual team during the month of November and kind of tapping into the deeper aspects of yourself. Mm. Okay, do you want to ask any questions while we're in here or are you good? (laughs) Yeah, so I mean talking about this tall being does who's who's this guy (laughs) as soon as i was connecting to him he felt like he was um almost like spiritual no that's not the right word hold on he's just like shaking his head at me he's like an ethereal tour guide i feel like as you astral project or you do more like healing on other people i don't know what he's saying is the next step in your journey and the amplification of your soul gifts, you are going to want to connect to a higher being that can guide you in the ethereal plane because it feels like you're going to be traveling there a lot more, like astral projecting or even 
remote viewing is a part of your spiritual gifts. And so he's just like, he's just like standing there with his arms crossed and he's like, no, I'm like, I'm waiting for her. I'm, I'm just waiting. I'm just here showing up to show her that I'm here and I'm ready to guide her as she moves through these next kind of um, amplifications of your spiritual gifts. Like the next level, but that's not a good word to call it because it's like you're already at this really full capacity but it's just going to continue to expand 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 and as you keep expanding your higher chakra centers and expanding your spiritual gifts he's going to be your tour guide in the ethereal plane or in the akasha that's awesome is he handsome <laughs> just kidding <laughs> yeah it's so funny because the first visual that he gave me was just like this very tall man that had like a lot of ripped muscles but I don't normally connect to physical bodies um but this makes me think that he has been an ancestor to you on earth as well as part of your light being entourage because he first showed me his physical form that he used to have in a previous lifetime and then after that he turned into all energy and just very tall being um who's just kind of waiting waiting for you Oh, lovely. Okay, well, definitely have to spend time connecting with him. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm. Yeah, and I, I guess this, I love, first of all, thank you so much. That was so beautiful. I know that there were definitely messages that people needed to hear there. And I really, really loved the part that you mentioned about activation, because this is something that has been coming as a major download for me in the last few months is that, you know, a lot of us have been focusing on healing, right? We've been really focusing on healing. And there's a certain point where you pass a threshold where you've done a lot of the major healing, and then there needs to be that activation piece. Um, when you're kind of stepping into the next level of yourself, that's not even the right word, but it's really just activating and expanding those centers to be able to hold more of the, the light and activate those gifts. And I know for me, I really got caught up in that healing stage of like, oh, well, what do I need to fix now? What do I need to work on now? And it's like always like trying to find something to heal. And then I got the strong message, you know what? It's time to activate because that is where the power and that is where like after the healing, you need to follow it up with those activations. Yeah, definitely. I think that that's a beautiful way to describe it and so true. And you know, something that I try to remember myself and also remind like my clients or just people in general in the spiritual community is that there's always going to be layers to heal. They'll show up when you're ready. You don't have to go looking or wait for them to come forward. And I think that sometimes when you're going through your spiritual awakening, you get so excited and you're like, I need to devour every book. I need to seek out every single chapter of this. And I need to start doing all this. But you forget to integrate it and then activate yourself. You forget to integrate that knowledge into your physical body and then take action based upon that, which is like that activation point. It's like, I have all this knowledge. Should I just keep reading more? Now? <laughs> Are you afraid of just activating? Is that what's happening? And if it's fear, uh, we're all afraid. Like every every soulpreneur, every person who's a healer, 
healer. Everyone on earth, we are all the same. We're all constantly growing and we're terrified to go to our next level. But we decide that the fear of staying the same is worse than the fear of walking forward and just walking with that fear and saying like, hey, friend, you're my fear guide and we're going to do this together. And, you know, you have the option of walking with the fear or sitting with it. And I think that sometimes when we get in that healing cycle, it might start with the intention of like, oh, I need to heal this, I need to heal this. But then it might transform into like, I'm afraid. Um, So I'm just going to sit down here and keep healing for like another year, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's so valuable to also kind of like talk to your fear as if it were a person or because it is an energy within you. So it's like to kind of personify it and be like, hey, fear, I know you're here. I know you're scared and I'm here with you. But like, let me let me hold your hand and we're going to do this together. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's so powerful. Just as you're saying that, it's like, every part of my body like yes and that's an activation right there you feel like oh yes that's so powerful activation code yeah because fear can also be a powerful you know everyone's like oh fear is bad like don't feel the fear and it's like we don't want to cast it to the shadow like that's because then it just grows bigger and becomes like this out of control like monster in the basement (laughs) um So yeah, it's, it's really about like working with it. Yeah. Totally. And I think that that's a big piece um, too, is that the shadow, the shadow part of us is such a powerful part of us. It's such a powerful place to ignite and get lit up. And sometimes we are afraid to tap into that because it's, it's almost like people I don't think people are actually afraid of not being enough. I think a lot of people, especially like starseeds or awakened souls, are afraid of their own potentiality. It's like we're afraid of how actually powerful we can be if we decide to integrate that fear and integrate that shadow and just activate ourselves right up and and move forward. It's like scary to think of yourself as like this super powerful being, but you really are. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with all the conditioning of society and like, oh, magic isn't real. It's just fairy tale. And it's like, whoa, I could actually be this like magical superpower being. And, you know, I always say like shadow work is healing um, the separation within ourselves. It's healing the suffering within ourselves, the rejection. And honestly, it is light work shadow work is light work and it is our magnetism. That is our magnetism. The more that I shouldn't say the more, but as we do shadow work and we reclaim these parts of us, we naturally just become more magnetic. It's incredible. Yeah, So true. And it's, you can tell, like you can tell physically by looking at someone if they are like still afraid of their shadow, if they're like, um, we're we're going to integrate into this and we're going to use these parts of us because they are superpowers once you realize and accept that they're your superpowers. Like that shadow side, I think, is so freaking powerful. Yeah, and I think it's important to note, too, that it's not just like negative things that can be put in the shadow. It's also like 
success. It could be joy. It could be pleasure. Like there's so many things like I had to reclaim my joy because there was so much guilt and suppression with that of like, I'm not allowed to be this happy when the world is not, you know. Yeah. Reclaiming your joy. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. So now we're just going to kind of like wrap up and I want to dive a little bit into like soul business. Yeah. Um, so I know we've kind of talked about it throughout the podcast and you, you said you really started doing readings for free and that's how you got started with working the, with the Akasha and I know that you also do like Kundalini as well. How, how do you bring like Kundalini into your business? Yeah, so I call this Akashic alchemy. Um, and it's kind of like how I merge Kundalini and the Akashic energy or the Akashic magic, I guess you could call it. Um, so Kundalini actually is a beautiful tool for processing your shadow and, and getting comfortable with it because Kundalini focuses on reprogramming the subconscious mind by processing, processing it, which is our shadow side. We suppress everything to our subconscious and we don't realize that the subconscious mind is the ruler of our habits. So every day is actually ruled by the subconscious. And when we do Kundalini, it allows us to feel that kind of safety with going into, um, the shadow side, and it also activates that kundalini energy that's stored at the base of our spine, which awakens and moves through the chakra system and awakens you to your higher self, in my opinion. Um, and so I kind of merge that as this, this beautiful mix of healing, up-leveling, and activating. So we use the Akashic field to activate. We activate our soul gifts. We become aware of our soul truth, and we kind of realign with it. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I merge them. Every program or um, one-on-one mentorship or anything that I do in my business always is paired with a Kundalini meditation or breath work or something because it is the most powerful technology in my opinion, for connecting to your inner self and really like embodying who you are at your core. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I'm curious too, do you tap into the Akasha to kind of like channel your programs, your workshops, or is that a way that you use it as a tool as well in your business? Yeah, for sure. And actually, you know, when you're doing Kundalini, I also think that's a way of connecting to the Akasha as well mm. because your your human body is busy doing like mantras also kundalini meditation is very good for neurodivergent people specifically ADHDers because ADHD brains have a hard time focusing in the moment a lot of times we hyper fixate or we um have this hypersensitivity. So we're constantly like, our mind is going to the sound, like someone's mowing their lawn or, you know, the cat just meowed or like, it's very hard to bring yourself into your center. And so Kundalini meditation keeps your body busy, keeps your mind busy by chanting a mantra as it's working on the subconscious mind and also opening up your chakra center. So you have the ability to tap into your channel a little bit easier. And so a lot of times when I do my meditation, I 
receipt downloads. Also, for me being outside, this is something that I just learned about myself about two weeks ago. I was going for a walk and was hit with this massive download for a new program about, I call it quantum exchange. Um, very interesting. I can't find anything about it online anywhere, so I think it's like one of those things that might not exist. And I realized in that moment that for me to receive, oh, whatever it is. For me to receive human terms about ethereal programs that I'm going to be running and like to make sense of it in a human aspect, I have to be outside. Like I receive mm. the download and then I'm able to ground into the languaging, I guess, for the offering or the program through being outside and like connecting to Mother Earth. Wow. Yeah, no, that is amazing. I just got like chills all over my body because it's so it's so beautiful. Like, you know, especially if you live in like an apartment or a home or just, yeah, even being inside, it's like getting outside. I can see how getting those downloads and being with the earth and with even just fresh air can really help to ground and integrate the information coming through. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm one of those people like if I could live in I'm a little bougie. I'm a little bougie for a tent, but like if I could live outside and not live in a like closed space, I totally would. If I could have a cave with like a bed in it, like an actual mattress, I would totally be that person because I just feel so much more aligned when I'm outside. As a more like balanced, I guess, between the ethereal part of me and the earthly part of me comes into like complete balance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For me, too. I totally relate to that. And um, I guess just out of curiosity, too, with your business, did you go full time right away or was it did you do something else? Like, how did that kind of go for you? Because I'm sure a lot of people are like interested in hearing about that kind of journey for you. Um, well, Michelle, I am in a so, um, I, like, I wish I could be like, yeah, I did it gradually over time, and it was beautiful. I know there's a lot of people that operate like that, so I, however, am not one of those people, again, knowing who I am, accepting it, and, it, and using it as a strength instead of a downfall, but, um, I started, started my spiritual reawakening after my daughter was born, and I was working in a cardiology clinic, um, and I told my partner, and I was like, hey, I'm going to go to Best Buy on my lunch break and go get a new laptop. And he's like, well, what? Like, uh, what? You should probably talk to me before you do that. And I'm like, oh, well, it's fine. I'm just going to go look. That's my, that is my famous words. I'm just going to go look. <laughs> and I ended up buying a MacBook that day. And um, come home, I started doing a spiritual blog. I did that for about two weeks. And the feedback that I had was just like so many people were invested in this, loving it. And I wish I could say like I was being paid for that blog or something, but I wasn't. I was just like totally following my intuition and my gut self instead of the logical humanly aspect of myself. And I put in my two-week notice after just from writing a spiritual blog. I didn't even know how I was going to make money. I was just like, this is not what I'm meant to do and I'm going to quit. And then I came home after 
telling them I put in my two weeks, told my husband, he was like, what in the age did you do? Yeah, poor man, saint, I tell you. And um, yeah, and then I started doing readings. I, I charged $65 for an hour session, and I did that, and I started running programs right away. Um, and yeah, and then the rest is just history, I guess. So I did not have a plan. Um, and not saying that that's the best way to do it, right? Because that, I think, had, I had a lot more problems later on with trying to figure out a plan and a strategy and, like, a business concept, which, again, for me, numbers and things like that, they don't make sense. Like, it doesn't make sense for me to have a business strategy. So, you know, I had to kind of look and hire someone to help me with that. And um, so I just followed my intuition and jumped both, I mean, all extremities in forward and trusted that I would be caught. And I did, but it was like a little rough. So yeah, that's my experience. (laughs) Yeah. And it makes me think like with, you know, you mentioned I'm not good with numbers. I'm not good with that stuff. It just makes me think like you were meant to just be fully led by spirit. You know, that, that was your your strategy. And I feel like so many more people are starting to recognize that that needs to be a part of their strategy is that spirit and that energy component. And also that a lot of people do get stuck in the planning, you know, they're like trying to figure it all out before they even begin. And not saying that planning isn't uh, like a good thing. But if you get caught up in that, and you're not taking the action, then it kind of seems like you're like, all right, let's do this. And it's kind of like this blind optimism that kind of brought you forward and having that manifesting generator within you that's like, I'm going to figure it out. So true. Yeah, I love how you worded that too, because um, that's something that I've been thinking for everyone else out there, like just take the little leaps. It doesn't have to be this huge thing. You know, so many people romanticize like taking the leap, quitting your job, like moving across the country. Like that does work for some people, but know that it's okay to take the baby steps because the baby steps do lead to these quantum leaps. And so like take the little leaps, you know, (laughs) as well. Sure. And that's something is that it's all or it's nothing. Like, you either do it or you don't. Or um, I work out seven days a week 
before and I don't work out at all. Like, it's very hard for me to see the gray area, and it's a very conscious practice that I have to have where it's like, okay, but what's one thing, what's one small thing that I could do today to um, kind of create that soul job that I want or create that business that I want or create the program that I want? I don't have to create it all in a day, but what's one thing I could do to kind of help myself out? And, and I think that's a beautiful way of looking at it. And also, if you take baby steps like that, you're also getting little bursts of the excitement without expending the excitement and depleting yourself with it. Yeah, and you're able to like build the momentum as well. It's not like a big momentous moment and then dissolve. A big momentous moment and then dissolve. It's like you're keeping that momentum going. So yeah, I I totally relate to the all or nothing though because I'm a very intense person. (laughs) So it's like... For me, it's like, I'm either fully in or I'm fully out. I fully feel the hell yes, or I'm, it's a no, like there is no in between for me. And I think just hearing you speak about this, it's, it's beautiful because it reminds me to kind of like take those leaps and not be so stuck in the planning because I also have that same thing where I'll get the adrenaline rush while I'm planning. And then by the time it actually comes, I'm like, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, and it's so, it's so weird because you don't realize you're doing it. And also, like, I'm a bird goes down. So having planners and, like, having a schedule that's all, like, color-coded, that excites me. But then afterwards, it's like, do I follow the color-coded schedule or do I just totally ditch it and fall off the wagon? And part of that is because I'm getting all of that energy up front as I'm making the schedule, whereas maybe write the things down, don't color code it, take 10 minutes to write your schedule, and then you still get that kind of sensation of, um, I don't know, excitement throughout the day each time you do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a Virgo Mars. So the way that I kind of like do things is very Virgo and like, I want it organized. I want it like, like you said, color coded. I love my planners, love my, I have like 10 journals at a time. (laughs) It's just like, but it's, it's, it's learning the simplicity, like, okay, what at the end of the day is really going to work for me. So. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing. Like we talked about in the beginning is finding that in between mode that works best for you so maybe yeah have your planner but you know limit yourself to an hour of writing in your planner not like five hours of color coding everything and and although it may hurt your soul at the beginning not to color code things um in the end like throughout your week you might notice like hey i actually did those things that i said i was going to do whereas maybe before i couldn't follow through on them yeah Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for all of your amazing advice and, you know, tapping into the Akasha and teaching us more about like neurodivergent. It's definitely a new term for me. Um, And yeah, so how can people connect with you? And is there anything that you're excited about that you want to share before we hop off? Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast, and it's so nice to connect and talk about all of the things. It's so soul um, fulfilling, like, I don't know, it just energizes. I feel like we both got activated from this call with talking to each other, so that's awesome. And yeah, if you want to follow me, I'm really prevalent on social media. I'm on social media a lot. 
Um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's just Rachel M. Hilliard. And then my website is rachelhilliard.com. And I don't know if it will be in the show notes or whatever. But um, And then, yeah, something exciting that's coming up in December. I'm actually creating a monthly membership for people who do resonate with the term neurodivergent, starseed, or like spiritually awakened, think different, want to learn how to accept themselves and integrate it and create systems in their life that set them up for success based off of their self. It's called Ignite, so it's all about igniting that inner flame and um, kind of coming back to your soul truth. We're going to do lots of Kundalini too, of course, and yeah, that's something I'm really excited about. Yay, that sounds so fun. And yeah, I'll definitely put everything in the show notes so you guys will be able to access it easily. But yeah, thank you so much, Rachel, for coming on. And yeah. Thank you. It's been a blast. Yeah, thank you.